Hey everybody, what's happening? This is Ken Chevalier, author of False Jesus and your podcast host. Hey man, I want to apologize for a couple things right out the gate because I'm up here at training camp right now and you can hear the audio is a little bit uh, hollow, I'll say, because I'm in an empty dorm room right now at training camp and so I apologize for that. And secondly, I want to apologize on this particular episode. You know I usually love to have a creative piece and then something for you to get involved in with me. But because I'm so busy up here at training camp, man, uh, I haven't had the time to be able to put that together. So today you'll just have this episode entitled The Radical Middle. So I'm excited to get started today. So here we go. I often feel caught in the middle. Do you like Coke or Pepsi? Um, Both. Are you a Marvel or a DC movie guy? Uh, All of them. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? Neither. Are you pro-choice or pro-life? Yes, but, but first we have to have a conversation to be able to define what these massive labels mean. Ken, are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? Uh, um, let me tell you a story. I remember my first Bible class in college where I began to understand that people were going to try to force me to choose sides. The teaching assistant said, all of you who believe in predestination go to this side of the room, and all of you who believe in free will go to that side of the room, and all of you who are not sure just stay in the middle. And I was confused because I didn't know what he meant. I hadn't been a Christian all that long, even though I grew up going to church services on Sundays and youth group on Wednesdays and summer church camps. It was actually only a few weeks before this class when I surrendered my life to really following Jesus. See, I knew my parents' Christian rules and some Bible stories, but I didn't know fully what these loaded terms indicated about a theological position. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know that I was supposed to have one or what a theology even was. See, I was embarrassed because I didn't know what these terms meant. And I had this insecurity growing up that I was stupid because I struggled to get good grades and I got very low scores on my SATs. And this exercise did not help one bit. See, I had friends going to one side of the room, friends going to the other side of the room, and I wondered if they would see through my ignorance and secretly make fun of me. And once the teaching assistant got through the entire class explaining these terms and hearing a few students from either side passionately defending their positions, he then said to the students in the middle, now that you've heard each side argue their position, get up and choose a side. And that's when I got mad. I refused to choose a side. So I stayed in the middle. And I can't remember if anybody else did, but I felt all alone in that moment. The teaching assistant was in the front of the room. Students were on either side of the room. And it felt like all of them were staring at me in the middle. And I was mad that I was put in that position. I was angry that any of us were put in that position. As if these were the only two options on the theological table. Now, the problem was that I didn't know enough about Christianity to wax an incredible apologetic for my stance in the middle. However, I knew that I was not going to be forced to choose a side that I didn't know enough about because one thing I did know was that I wasn't going to follow the crowd anymore because following the crowd in middle school and high school usually got me in trouble or even hurt. So I stood up from that lonely middle seat and I gathered my things 
And I walked out, confused, embarrassed, and mad. And by the way, I got a zero for class participation that day. God bless our education system. The radical middle. Why must everything be either this or that in our culture? Does it always have to be black or white? Is there any room for gray? Why do we accept that life comes in these cookie-cutter cultural, religious, and political divisions? Is there not a third or fourth option? Isn't there another way than always having to choose between the two media-driven opposing sides constantly presented to us? Now, the older I get, and the more I study the Bible and the ministry of Jesus, the more I realize that Jesus stood in what I'll call the radical middle within the complexities of these cultural menu options. See, Jesus had this ability to point to a different option that usually enraged or confused both sides of his day. See, much of Jesus' teachings ticked off religious people, but so-called sinners loved him and were drawn to him. And at other points in his ministry, Jesus won the heart of a powerful religious leader through a beautiful conversation under the cover of darkness. And then you see that Jesus also won the heart of a ruthless political leader by saying nothing at all, making it hard for him to take a stand publicly against Jesus because he knew that he was innocent of all the charges. So clearly, there was something radically different about Jesus and his teachings amidst these so-called sides that he decided to stand for amidst the palpable cultural tension. Now listen, this doesn't mean that Jesus was wishy-washy. No, no. Jesus did not try to please both sides by tickling ears with safe truth that everybody would agree with by shooting the gap. In fact, Jesus often confounded his own followers with a bold new way, the kingdom way. The kingdom of God way, often the upside down way, the contrary to popular belief way, the first will be last and the last will be first way, the love your enemies kind of way. See, Jesus introduced, taught, and modeled the kingdom way. See, when his disciples finally recognized that Jesus had this, I'll call it an X factor, when it came to his relationship with God, they asked him to teach them how to communicate with God like he did. So Jesus taught his followers to pray. Recorded in Matthew 6, 9 through 10, Jesus said this, if you're gonna pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen, this not only was a radical way to pray by addressing God, the Almighty, as their Abba, Father, meaning their heavenly daddy, an intimate term. That would have been crazy. But Jesus was also introducing a new and better way to live above the cultural tension and the extremes, bringing heaven to earth. While living in the strain of a broken world, Jesus brought forth a new perspective of God's heavenly and perfect way. See, this kingdom way often landed Jesus in the radical middle, sometimes all alone, with no one really understanding. 
sometimes taking both sides and then moving them towards each other in love and respect. Sometimes teaching both wrong sides to look up to God's perspective on the matter and often blowing people's minds with his powerful teaching. For instance, take a look, recorded in, Math, in Mark 12, 13 through 17, it says this, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You're impartial and you don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. They're kind of buttering him up there. Now listen, now tell us, they said, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? So choose a side, Jesus, is what they're saying, right? And Jesus saw right through their hypocrisy and said back to them, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. And when they handed it to him, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And watch this. His reply completely amazed them. That's in Mark 12, 13 to 17. So they tried to trap Jesus into taking a side. And he stood in the radical middle and taught the kingdom way. They wanted a black or white answer. And Jesus gave them a black and white answer that they didn't have a category for. Caesar and God. And, not or. So friends, I believe that if we tried to practice this kingdom way, our world would be a much better place. Recently, I was at Crew 22, which is a conference for missionaries on staff with Crew, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. And if you didn't know this, my wife and I are full-time missionaries with one of Crew's ministry called Athletes in Action. It was at one of the main sessions that was taught by Daryl Smith, who's Cruise Director of Oneness and Diversity. And in his message that was titled The Kingdom Way, he spoke about how the last couple of years of COVID, the culture of racism and all the political turmoil that we're in, how many Christians are taking sides and fighting about what seems like everything. Not only are we fighting those who are not Christians over a gamut of cultural and political issues, but it seems like we're fighting each other more than ever. And two quotes from his talk are still ringing in my ears. Daryl said this, The kingdom way is always a posture of humility and brokenness. Now friends, this must be something that God's trying to get my attention on because I wrote about this in a previous False Jesus episode. But then Daryl also said this, the kingdom way is about attracting people to the kingdom instead of attacking people who are not a part of the kingdom. And I've been chewing on this phrase for a couple weeks since I've heard it. Attracting, not attacking. See, in Mark 12, Jesus knew these religious leaders were trying to trap him into taking a side or the other. So somehow in his brilliance, Jesus took both sides by teaching a new way. And his attackers ended up being attracted by his radical middle response. 
Now, this didn't mean that Jesus agreed with them or they with him, but they left in awe, realizing that there was something amazing about Jesus. Attracted, not attacked. And the sad reality is that the world thinks that Christians, meaning followers of Jesus, are great at attacking people for not being on their side. And at the same time, the watching world sees that Christians are also great at attacking other Christians who are supposedly on the same side. Friends, it's time for a change. This has to change. And the only way that this will change is by Daryl's other quote and what God's been trying to get through my thick skull. This side choosing without even trying to understand the other side. The, the infighting and theological assuming can change if we humble ourselves, if we admit our brokenness, if we invite God to reveal his way, the kingdom way, into all of the sides. Therefore, standing in the radical middle with Jesus in the kingdom way. And friends, I fear that the watching world will look at the extreme sides of Christianity that make the nightly news. The so-called Christians who bomb abortion clinics in the name of their pro-life Jesus or violently storm the U.S. Capitol with Jesus Save banners. The so-called Jesus followers who justify the sin of racism with a few verses about submission without even knowing the biblical context. And for whatever reason, these are the dark sides of Christianity that get the most press that we see on our televisions and in our Instagram feeds. And this is why I'm so passionate about introducing people to the real Jesus. Because most of the time, the Jesus in the press or in our social media feeds is a false Jesus, a proselytizing political side chooser. A marred version of Jesus that has never actually talked to the other side to understand their story and reason for choosing that side. The Jesus that you get in the most side-filtered media is at best a tainted portrayal of an already biased Jesus with zero ability to even hear, let alone love, the other side. See, the real Jesus... The one who can only be found in the pages of the Bible showed us a new and better option when it comes to choosing sides. And he taught his daddy's new and loving way, the kingdom way, filled with grace and truth. And that's why both sides called him a radical. Before you go, if you've walked away from the real Jesus because of a harmful and arrogant portrayal of Christianity by one of his followers, I want you to understand that I get it. I almost did too. See, as a guy who grew up in the church and led a hypocritical lifestyle, I bet that I've been one of those people who misrepresented Christianity without sometimes even realizing it. And I want you to know that I'm sorry for that. I'm a broken guy, still trying to figure out how to follow Jesus into the radical middle. And it's been 27 years since my first Bible class. 
And since then, I've seen the beautiful side of Christianity, and unfortunately, I've also seen the nasty underbelly of the church. And I'm especially sorry for the version of our faith that screams without ever listening. I'm sorry for the position pushers who forget to love amidst making their point. I am sorry for the awful images of a false version of Christianity that our culture has used to disqualify the real Jesus. It shouldn't be that way. See, if that's your view of Jesus in Christianity, I hope that you'll consider reading the Gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, because there you'll see how the real Jesus confronted cultural divisions in his day and how he navigated complex theological stances with both grace and truth. And my prayer is, is that we can all meet Jesus in the radical middle by following his kingdom way. God bless. Well, friends, that's all I've got for you today. I apologize that I don't have a creative piece ready or something to get involved in ready. I got so much going on up here at training camp. So you have a fantastic day, and I will check you next time for the next part of False Jesus. God bless.